Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed Play Love. This is your opportunity to ask any questions you might have, whether it is about babies who are not sleeping through the night or perhaps not sleep feeding well. It could be toddlers who are not listening to you. Just the typical things that can prove to be very challenging. Um, and today we are joined by Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's here to answer all your questions. Chris has over 30 years experience. She has her own book. It's called Bringing Baby Home. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask Chris, you can ask them a number of ways. You can, if you're watching us through Facebook Live, you can pop your question under the video there. If you're listening to us via podcast, you can email us at the helpline at parent, sorry, yes, at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Are you hello Chris how are you I'm really well thanks <laughs> you'd think I'd get it right after all this time <laughs> um, let's get cracking because we've got a few questions here our first question comes from Erica she has sent us an email she says my 13 month old daughter has started to gag herself during meal time she places her fingers down her throat several times and makes a sound sometimes so much she vomits at first I would say no and pull her fingers out but it made her do it more Next, I've tried distracting her with a spoon with yogurt, etc., but she continues to do it. What can I do to stop this? Is it just a phase or should I be checking with a GP? She's healthy and loves eating otherwise. I think it's probably become something that um, started off accidental because often children put things in their mouth and it, it hits that gag response and they get that gag sound. And I think that's now become almost like a learned behaviour from the from what she's saying because she's only doing it at mealtime from what it says. And it seems to be a behaviour around mealtimes. And she's actually tried, like, removing a hand down, distracting. Um, so the only thing I can think of doing outside of that is maybe when she starts doing it is to take her out of the high chair and just pop her on the floor for a minute or two and let her settle and then put her back in so that it doesn't become as learned but I do think it's a learned behavior I don't think that there's anything medically wrong with her otherwise I think she would be doing it much more frequently through her play she would be doing it say if she had something a feeling in the back of her throat that she didn't like I think she would be doing it much more consistently so I think it's one of those behaviors she's associated with eating um, and if she's 13 months old um, I'd also be doing a lot more finger food that maybe she can navigate herself and learn to do something with her hand other than stick it in her mouth so I'd try um, the finger food for a fair bit of the meal, especially if she's 13 months old. And if not, if she continued to do it, I'd just take her out of the high chair, put her down for a minute, then we'd just say no fingers in our mouth and then maybe put her back in the high chair so and see if that might work. But I do think it's a learned behaviour and, and nothing more than that. This question comes from Brittany. She says, hi there. Our three-year-old daughter gave up her dummy a couple of months ago and it went surprisingly well. However, lately I keep finding her sucking her thumb instead. This is something she's never done previously. 
I'd really like to stop this before it takes hold. I'm concerned she may damage her teeth and that it will only become harder, a harder habit to break as time goes on. I gently distract her with something to do with her hands whenever I spot her sucking her thumb, but there's not much I can do about it when she, when she does it throughout the night in bed. That's, Is there anything I can do? Yeah. So at the, I think she's just continuing to self-soothe. Um, using her thumb she was probably always a thumb sucker it's just that the dummy interrupted that process so I think that Brittany's again doing the right thing in distracting her when she sees her Um, I don't think you can stop her doing it while she's in bed Um, you can tell her the appropriate or teach her the appropriate places to do it like in the bed um, washing her hands before she goes to bed so that her hands are clean but usually once a thumb sucker always a thumb sucker and she grows out of it in time um there's there's can be some teeth issues but generally not so i wouldn't get too worried um but i think this is one of those things that even if you gave her back the dummy now i think she would just throw it out and put a thumb in because she's getting used to the thumb so making sure that she's using her thumb in an appropriate places and the hands are generally clean sometimes you can't control that Um, and as they grow older they just grow out of thumb sucking this is an email from kate she says my three year old three and four month year old son has never been a great sleeper but wondering if you can help he's an early waker anywhere between 5 and 5 30 He goes to bed anywhere between 7 and 7.30. He doesn't have a day sleep, although some days desperately needs it and will fall asleep in the car if we are out and about. He's a very active boy. He wakes usually once or twice overnight and comes looking for me to put him back to bed. When this happens, he usually goes straight back to sleep, but occasionally this can repeat itself for an hour. We've tried shutting his door, but he just bangs and screams. We now leave his door open and that has reduced this behavior. He goes to sleep on his own. Is there anything I can do to push his awake time to more like six? I've tried pushing his bedtime later, but he's just so tired and his behavior becomes tricky Mm. if he's been awake since 5 a.m. He has a grow clock, so he knows he can't really start his day till the sun comes up, but this is really not working out at all. What should I do? That's from Kate. Look, Kate, I think this is really night waking. Um, more than anything. I don't think it's about his age. It's just night waking and what the response is that happens. And personally, myself, I've never seen a grow clock work. I've seen the smart children bring the grow clock out to show their parents it's not the right time to get up. But I've never actually seen it work as such. But what I would do in this case is instead of closing the door, which is a bit too confronting for him and he gets himself far too worked up, is to put a gate, put the baby gate on the door frame, on the outside of the door frame, so that when he comes to the gate and calls out from you, for you, you could go back and say to him, you need to get back in your bed before mummy can come in and give you a kiss. And what that might do is teach him that he's not going to get past the door and he does need to stay in his bed. And that might help with that five o'clock wake up. And especially at the moment, while it's still dark at five o'clock, I would treat five o'clock just like as if it was four o'clock. So I think you're putting him to bed in the right window, although you can put him to bed as early as 6.30 if he's waking at 5.30, so he's not as overtired. And generally, 
Um, if he is waking in that 5, 5.30, I'd put him to bed between 6.30 and 7, not so much the 7.30, because that might be just too, too long for him to be awake. Um, and I would try the baby gate across the door. And when he calls out, you go to the gate and you say to him, hop back in your bed and mum will give you a kiss or dad will give you a kiss and uh, then give him a kiss and a cuddle and then walk back out again. Now, once you've got him waking up less, then I would remove the gate and put it opposite his door and say, let's try some nights of staying in your bed. Um, and the gate's just there as a reminder of what might go back on the door if he doesn't stay in his room and see if that works for him. Um, and generally it will do, so it might help improve. This question comes from uh, Neda or Nita, sorry if I'm saying that Neda. wrong, on Facebook. Nita, she says, hi, Chris, my seven-month-old is still doing two night feeds, goes down around 7 p.m. after his dinner and milk feed and wakes around 12 to 1 a.m. and 3 to 4 a.m. for feeds. I'm keen to drop one as I don't think he's having full feeds for both. How do I do this and stretch him to last till his 7 a.m. feed? Happy to do one night feed, but what time should that be? He's having three solid meals and four and a half to five feeds during the day. Okay, so um, one of the reasons that he might be waking twice overnight is because he's having too much in the day, so he's not fully milk feeding during the day. So a seven-month-old would probably only have four milk feeds in the day, so getting that fifth one might be what's making things difficult. The other thing to think about is how much food you're giving. Maybe it's too much and he's using you as a drink in the day and he's getting up at night to have a full big milk feed. So that's quite common at this age when you're trying to navigate milk feeds and the starting of three good meals in the day. So in saying that, if we can reduce it down to four milk feeds in the day and three meals of two, two and a half tablespoons, you might get him feeding more effectively in the day and then pushing one of those night feeds out. So that's the first thing to think of. The actual technique that I use at this age is the first time he wakes up, I resettle him. And the second time he wakes up, I um, give him a full feed. So I'm gently just pushing that 12 o'clock one out to say around two. And you'll find that when you feed him at two, he'll go through till any point after six o'clock, which is reasonable to start his day. So I think have a look at the day and make sure we move it down to four milk feeds and the three meals and then gently resettle the first wake up, fully feed him the second wake up and that should push it through over a few nights into one feed overnight, roughly around the two o'clock window. So it's about eight hours from when he went to sleep. All right. This is a question from Caroline on Facebook Live. She says, I have a question about my four-year-old who's starting a new preschool next month. He's very shy and, and had a very difficult time um, acclimatizing to the old school. And I'm worried with all the, of the new protocols for school with COVID, wearing a mask, not allowing the parents into school, et cetera, is going to be extremely hard for him. Any tips on an easy transition? He also has trouble with speech, which makes him not confident with expressing his needs. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah. So I'd be really ringing the director and looking for them as to what they can set up to really let this little man, you know, adjust through to a new environment. And maybe 
what they need to do is have his teacher come out and meet him outside because there's a restriction about parents going into daycares and preschools. Maybe the one person who's going to watch over him for that day could come out and spend a bit of time with his mum and him just outside the centre before taking him in. So he feels much more confident um, and has a bit of a rapport with the teacher that he's going to be with across his days in preschool. Um, that'd be one thing. So I'd be definitely ringing the director and finding out what they can put in place to help that adjustment for him, especially if he's having trouble with some speech, because then they will be able to help him um, fit in with a child and the children within the preschool. The second thing I'd probably do in the week leading up to him starting preschool is to drive past and just sit there and talk about the new school, maybe while the kids are out playing and saying, look, there's where the kids are playing and this is going to be your new school. And just reminding him of the way that she's going to take him up to the gate, maybe hand him over to the teacher once she's spoken to them and, and just keep gently reinforcing this new approach to going to preschool so that um, she can see whether he's getting anxious about it or not. Then in the very first week, I wouldn't leave him all day because he might get himself so worked up that she can't get him back the second day or the third day. So I'd probably in that very first week just say to him, mummy's going to leave you at say nine o'clock and pick you up at 12 o'clock. And just let him slowly grade into this new development. And to help him make that transition, you might give him something of yours to hold. So it might be a necklace, it might be your watch that he can hold while he's there. And it reminds him that mummy's coming to pick him up. And all of these things might just help build him a base of security to go into this new environment. We have a question from Jamie on Facebook Live. They say, hi, my three-and-a-half-year-old refuses to do poos in the toilet. We've tried rewarding him with toys, stickers, even money. But when he does it in his own pants, he says he doesn't want the toy or money. <laughs> I'm at a loss as to how to get him to not be afraid of it. Well, this is a really tricky one. So what works on one child might not work on the other. But what I would probably do is over a week, try and get a sense of when he generally um, might do a poo so that you can entice him to sit um, around it in that time. So that would be one thing. Personally, myself, I never, ever use bribery and corruption. The reason he's not doing it isn't because he needs to be bribed into doing it. It's that he has a sense that he can't do that. So I don't necessarily think it's defiance. The other thing to think about is some children don't like the feeling of sitting on a big toilet and doing a poop. So maybe think of getting a potty for him and maybe sitting it quite close to where he is so he doesn't have to go very far. He's sitting low to the ground, which is usually probably how he does it in his underwear. And maybe replicating it that way as a step to the toilet. And then um, the last one is, and this does tend to work, but it's a bit cold, is letting him run around naked for a little while with the pot in, potty in the room. And when he gets the sensation, he'll try and run somewhere to do it and he might do it in the potty. But each child is very individual, but hopefully those few things will help you just take another look at it. 
The next question comes from Wone on Facebook Live. They say, my son is three years and eight months old. He often wakes up from his nap and sleep, crying hysterically, and it takes a very long time to settle him. It's quite unpredictable, and I don't know what causes it and how to prevent or console him. His demands are irrational, and it's like he doesn't know what he wants. He used to get a lot of night terrors, but that seemed to have settled for the time being. Mm. But this seems similar. Any... It could be. It could be night terrors coming back, um, especially at that age and being really busy. Um, and one of the things that can trigger it is, one, being overtired, so looking at how late he might be staying up or what time he's going to bed, that could be one trigger. The other trigger is their mind is so moving so fast at that age and their imagination. Um, it could be what you read him before he goes to bed. That could be triggering it off. But mainly the thing that triggers it off is overtiredness. So I'd be looking at that and making sure that if he's, what, he's nearly four, isn't he? So if he's a four-year-old, he's going to bed somewhere in that 7.30 to 8 o'clock-ish window depending on what time he wakes in the morning. So that would be assuming he wakes up somewhere between 6 and 7 in the morning. If he woke up at 6, I'd put him to bed at 7.30. If he woke up at 7, I'd put him to bed at 8. Just to prevent that um, window where night terrors can happen. And then I would actually treat them like they're night terrors. So keeping him safe, keeping him in a small environment. Um, uh, I mean, sorry, in a safe, small environment and not um, trying to hold him too much because they get themselves much more worked up and treating it like when he had night terrors and see if that might be able to decrease it. But I'd be looking at how much he's doing in the day and whether he's overtired. The next question comes from Amy on Facebook Live. She says, hi, Chris, my three-month-old uses the dummy to soothe before sleep. She has just started poking her tongue out and this results in the dummy popping out numerous times before she gets to sleep. Also, she uses a baby love sleep suit and tries to put hands in mouth. So it's a battle between hand and dummy. What should I do? So the first thing, uh, if there's a lot of hand and a lot of spit in the dummy out, um, go back and check your feeding and make sure she's feeding well um, and that your supply is good if, if, it, if it's a breastfed baby because she might be telling you that she's still hungry if there's a lot of dummy spitting and hand putting in the mouth. So that's one thing to look at. The second thing I'd look at is there's a lot of development around that age about putting their hands in their mouth. Um, and so she might want to soothe by sucking her hand. And with those um, love to dreams, that's, you know, they can get their hand in their mouth quite easily. But in the actual case of the dummy coming out, I try not to put it in straight away because otherwise you're just reinforcing the behaviour. So if you're trying to settle her and you pop the dummy in and you don't get very far and it's spat back out again, try your rocking and your patting first for a couple of minutes before you put that dummy back in again, um, just so that you, she doesn't get this immediate response. And so it almost becomes like a game. So first I'm checking my feeding um, and making sure that all of that mouthing isn't because she's still hungry. And then second, um, if that dummy pops out, I'm going to settle you with rocking or patting for a couple of minutes before I put that dummy in, just so that it doesn't become a game of spit the dummy out. 
question comes from Danny. She says, hi, Chris, my six month old baby girl really isn't interested in eating any solids and I'm not sure I should keep trying or take a break and try again in a few weeks. She hates sitting in the high chair. And even if I hold her on my lap, she turns her head and doesn't want me to put the spoon in her mouth. Each time I've managed to get a food in or even on her mouth, she begins to cry and spit and struggle. We've tried rice cereal and pureed fruits and veggies. It's pretty distressing, distressing for both of us, but I know that this is the best age to begin solids and I've been really excited to begin with my daughter. Is she just not ready yet and how long should I leave it if we do have a break? Okay, so to me, it sounds like she is not ready for solids at the moment. And I think the hard thing with this is, if we substitute it then with a feed, a milk feed, then she gets confused and she gets a lot of milk across the day. So she may not be ready for a milk uh, for her solids. So I would rate, wait a whole week and then retry again. So a six-month-old has four milk feeds in her day and I'd just go back to doing the four milk feeds in her day. Now, because of what has happened, then in a week's time, I wouldn't put her in the high chair because she may not be stable enough to sit in a high chair. I'd put her in a bouncy chair. So she feels a little bit more secure, a little bit more around her. Nice, warm um, solids, whatever we're going to try. And then I would do it before one of her milk feeds when she's hungry. So say you fed her at three at six o'clock in the morning and her next feed was um, 9.30, 10.00. I would try it before that 9.30.10 and see if she's more interested in the spoon. Just putting her in a bouncy chair, a little bit of food on the spoon, tap her bottom lip, see if she opens her mouth. If she doesn't, then give it a break for another couple of weeks and then try again. In the meantime, I would be giving her some finger food to see if she would mouth on the finger food, such as like a teething stick just to see if she's mouthing with her hand. And that will give you an indicator. If she's mouthing, she'll probably take it in about a week. If she's not mouthing and she won't have the spoon, she's probably not ready for that. And I wouldn't get concerned until she was about seven months old. And then I'd re-look at it again. All right. Our next question comes from Elizabeth. She says, I have a six-week-old baby girl who won't sleep in the daytime unless I'm holding her. In the daytime from 9am, she refuses to sleep unless she's in my arms. I try not to keep her up for longer than one hour, including a breastfeed and nappy change. I look for the tired cues and then rock her till she's a little sleepy and then put her in the bassinet. The moment I put her down in her bassinet, she wakes or will wake after 10, 15 or 20 minutes of sleep. The longest she will sleep is 40 to 45 minutes. I try and pat her back to sleep, but she won't go back down unless I pick her up. She doesn't do this in the night. From 10 p.m. after a breastfeed and change of nappy, I can put her down and give her a pat and she sleeps for two to three hours. I can also resettle her if she wakes with some padding. What can I do differently in the daytime? I don't hold her so she will, if I don't hold her, she'll be so overtired by 6 p.m. and won't settle in the night. Okay. So this sounds like a baby who's probably becoming more alert and more aware of what she's doing and where she's at. So I would um, probably try keeping her awake a little bit longer. So it sounds, generally at six weeks, they can stay awake for about an hour and a quarter with a maximum of an hour and a half. So she's probably not ready for that. 
but she might need to be a little bit more tired to actually link the whole cycle together. And then we're just going to teach her to go to sleep. And unfortunately, she's probably been rocked a lot, so she drops to sleep in the rocking. So we're going to wrap or swaddle, whatever she's up to, wrap her, cuddle her, dim the room, put it down in her bassinet, tuck her in, put your hands on her and start rocking the bassinet to give her a sense that she gets put down. Now, you might have to pick her up again, cuddle her and put her back down. But for a week, we're just teaching her to go down in the bassinet as opposed to sleep a long period. Then once we've got her going down and accepting going down in the bassinet, then we'll do some resettling to extend that sleep period for her. So see if she might need to stay awake maybe 10 minutes more, 15, probably no longer than 15 minutes, then into a room, dim room, wrap, cuddle, down in her bed, eyes sort of awake as opposed to asleep, tuck her in, then start settling and see if we can get some traction with her understanding she goes down in the day. All right. I think we might have time for one more question. Uh, it's from Moon. Back again. Um, I have another question. My seven-month-old son is exclusively breastfed. He's currently starting solids. Is it okay to also introduce formula on the odd occasion like I would with introducing solids? It would be for convenience if I'm not around or if we're out and about, or would this be confusing for bubs? No, I sh I'm sure she could start, you know, introducing some formula as a formula feed if she's going out, I think, or express milk, whatever she feels more comfortable with. But the only caveat on that is seven months down the track, it's not easy to get them onto a bottle. So I'd certainly give it a try and also try a little bit in a sippy cup or a cup so that if she was out, that she could leave something for him. So I definitely, if she feels comfortable to move into doing that and doing it occasionally, there's no harm at all doing that. Oh, look, you were so quick. I'm going to throw another one in. Um, this is from Georgie. She says, hi, Chris. I'm wondering if you have some advice for my almost three-year-old boy who has become afraid of the dark recently. We've been using a very dim nightlight since he was a baby, but this isn't enough anymore. He's starting to ask us to leave the room light on, which is much too bright. We do leave the hall light on and his door open halfway, so some more light comes in but it's a battle every night to get him to stay in bed he keeps hopping back up and saying he's scared of the dark we've often had to lie with him till he's asleep something we've never had to do with him before and i'm worried about creating a bad habit here i'd love any tips to help with this sudden phase thanks so i think the question to ask georgia here is is he still sleeping in the day because that might be plain to this, I can't go to sleep and I'm scared of the dark. So I would leave the hall light on. I would leave the door partially open. I would give him reassurance. And then you have to work out, and probably a parent can sense this, is this behaviour or is he, some, is he really scared of something? Typically, they don't need a nightlight. And the reason for that is because it can, at his age, float, um, throw shadows. And those shadows look very big to a three-year-old. So I'm more about leaving a hall light on that can be turned off later when he goes to sleep than leaving a night light on where it might throw a shadow and the windy night and, you know, suddenly the ghosts are coming out in him. So I, I turn off the night light. 
I'd give him loads of reassurance. I'd leave the hall light on. I would open the door. And the only other factor that might be playing into this is the time he goes to bed in relation to if he's having a sleep. So um, let's assume at his age he's not having a sleep. He should be going to bed around 7, you know, stories at 7 and maybe out of the room by 7.30. Lots of reassurance to him. And also tell him, um, you know, that we're only down the hallway and things like all those reassuring things. But then I think you have to to understand there's probably a bit of um, behaviour, not negative behaviour, but behaviour around this because now you're sleeping with him, whereas a month ago you weren't sleeping with him. So you need to tell him we're not, we're not sleeping with you anymore. We're just down the hallway, we're here, we've left the light on, all those reassurance and see if it will settle himself. But if he's having a day sleep, I would cut the day sleep because that's probably what's feeding the behaviour. Well, we have run out of time now, Chris. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. Today. And if you're watching or listening and you think, oh, I really wanted to speak with Chris and I didn't get my chance, you should definitely consider Babyology Sleep School. So Chris is one of our experts. We have a whole suite of them. Um, we'll put links in the notes of this episode as well as on the Facebook site. So basically it's a consultation. So you get to ask questions back and forth, which you don't always get the opportunity to do on this podcast. Um, next week we will have pediatric nurse and sleep expert Joe Ryan on the show. Chris, thank you so much again and I will see you soon. Pleasure. Take care. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.